Being a real estate agent can be demanding. Being a mom, now that's even more challenging. Now being a mom in real estate, now that is hard. I'm your host for Moms in Real Estate, and um, we have a fabulous episode today. As you can see, we have new surroundings. Um, hopefully, you like that a little better. We're getting um, a fresh new start here with Moms in Real Estate this week. I have two amazing guests, but before we get started, I want to give some credit to the Mortgage Advantage, Diane Gertis and April Chadwick. They are sponsors of Moms in Real Estate and um, help make this possible. So, thank you very much, guys. Um, let me introduce my guest today. This uh, topic today is very near to my heart. It's uh, blended families and being step parents and talking through some of those issues. I think that there's probably a ton of people who are going to be blessed by what these women have to say. I'm actually going to take on more of a, a role of in the conversation because I too have a blended family. So we hope that you're blessed. This beautiful lady to my left is Kathy Bliss Porter. She's been in real estate, gosh, almost 12 years. 15. 15? Yeah, maybe 16. Woo! Okay, that's a long time, right? <laughs> and you've done all kinds of things in real estate. Yes. Yes, yeah. behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, sales. Short sales for a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you have a vast experience. We're welcome, Kathy. Thank I'm glad you. you're here. Thanks. And then to her left is Mindy Navarez. Hi. You've been in business for five years. Yeah. Five years, and you're part of the Amy Jones team. That's right. So I'm the owner and leader of the Amy Jones team. Very nice. Very nice. And um, it's they, you guys just do a little bit of business, like $45 million ish Yeah. This year, <laughs> this year we should exceed 50 That's so exciting. I'm proud and excited about that. That's exciting. And we have two very ex experienced and successful women ready to bear their heart about this topic today. And so let's get started. Kathy, would you introduce yourself and your kids and just give us a little bit about your kids? Sure. So Kathy Bliss Porter. People know me as KBP. Thank you so much for having me today. This is a uh, interesting discussion. Um, I don't know that most people know that I have a blended family. Um, I was blessed to meet my husband when I was not quite 20 and he was 30, uh, newly divorced with two small children. Ben will be 40 in May and Amber will be, oh please forgive me if you're watching, I think 36 in November. Um, and then uh, Ben has uh, one of my grandchildren, Lucas, who will be five. And Amber actually is a single mom with five children and a blended family. Um, and you know, I have a lot of respect for her because she's living it now, mm -hmm. you know, as an adult. And then I have two children. Um, I actually have a lot of kids. A lot of people call me mom. I have um, work mom to my work family and um, taking in a lot of kids along the way. So I'm grateful for that. But my two, um, Brittany, will be 31 in December. Um, she's single. I'm waiting for her to get married and have babies. Hurry up. <laughs> and then my baby, Brandon, he just, he is 23. He just actually finished his last two classes at ASU and he'll be graduating on the Dean's List. So really, really proud of him. And then I have another child, Samantha, whom um, I didn't give birth to and, and my husband had no um, part in it. But her name is Samantha Mason and she, uh, we met her when she was 12 and we just loved her instantly. She had a pretty rough life, I would say, and um, she's been part of our family ever since. She moved in with us her senior year after many years of kind of trying to help her and her family. 
And most recently, um, when my husband passed away, she was pivotal in. She planned his funeral. She planned pretty much everything. Wow, so that's she fantastic. she's my she's my daughter just as much as you know the rest of them. And, and um, so yeah. that's so that's so great that God blesses us with yeah. different people that we can definitely uh, yeah call children. Sure. I have a couple of those myself. Yeah. Mindy, please introduce yourself and, and Nathan. Sure. So my name is Mindy Jones-Navarez, and I am a native of Arizona. And I met my husband, Leo, um, about nine years ago, and we've been married here almost two. And I have a 15-year-old stepson named Nathan, who's creative and thoughtful and caring and a teenager and all of those things rolled into one. So I'm really excited to be here today. I um, when we talked about you know this as a topic, it was really it's something that weighs really heavy on me and something that I think um, is something that unfortunately a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is just that we can talk about it today and make all mm -hmm. those blended families feel really normal and comfortable. I come from one. I always say I'm an only child with four brothers and three sisters, mm -hmm. so I uh, have a lot of experience and thought I'd be really good at it, but some days it's great and some days it's not, and you just kind of got to roll with it, so right. I'm excited to be I, here. I am too, and, and I, I want you guys to know that the purpose of this show is to encourage, to encourage and empower women and make, make them feel like, first of all, they're not alone. Take away your weenie excuses, <laughs> you know? Everybody has struggles, and and today, um, I think that I think that women, by like on the whole, want to put the best, the best, their best self together at all times. And I think that many women find it difficult to get a little bit vulnerable with each other um, because everything's not perfect and everything's not easy. So I'm excited that we can help some people say, "All right, maybe we'll give you some strategies. Maybe we'll just make you feel normal," like you said. But um, let's get started with a little bit. I think it's important to understand everybody's background and how they got to be a blended family. So you started to say you met your husband when you were 20, he was 30. Yes. And you, you guys didn't get married for quite a while. Yeah, it was quite by accident. I actually, um, my first boyfriend, who I'm, I thought was my true love, um, dumped me. And I was on the rebound, I was devastated. Um, looking back, it was a good thing, because I'd be living in Sydney, Nebraska, probably with 20 kids and miserable. So thank you for doing that, Terry. Um, <laughs> but I met my husband through my best high school friend, Brian Lynch. He um, was working for Cliff after his divorce. He, um, he had a landscape company. And Brian uh, and several of my other friends started working for him and ultimately rented rooms from him. And when I first met him, I, I didn't really like, I, I wouldn't say I didn't like him that much, but he was really, really handsome, and he was older than me, and all the women just were like standing in line for him almost, and I just, to me, that was not, I was not impressed. So for two or three months, I kind of just hung out in that group, watched all the girls like fall all over him, and I think because I wasn't one of those girls, he was intrigued by me. Mm -hmm. um, and then one night, we were at a nachos restaurant bar, and this this dates me, on Main Street in Mesa, and he asked me to dance, and that was it. I looked in his eyes, and I'm like, I'm, you're, the, you're the one. I mean, it really happened that quickly for me. He ended up breaking up with a girl he was dating at the time, who, by the way, was very gorgeous and um, we just we were together ever since, ever since. so but it was um it was an interesting um, life it was an interesting time because I was very young um, college ASU having the time of my life he was newly divorced with two small children um, all the dynamics of the ex-wife and the juggling back and forth and you know um, 
I had to learn early on that I had to, I thought early on and I was pretty young so I'm not sure how I became so wise at such a young age but I realized that I had to do what was right for the kids um, because there were many times that I it was really difficult mm -hmm. um, and so I always tried to think you know how did they feel this has to be so hard for them it has to be so hard for the, the ex-wife you know to have these kids go to the new person's house be with them all weekend um, I couldn't even put myself in that position. How would I feel if my kids loved another person, another woman, and, and loved being with her and said good things about her? Part of me thinks that's a good thing. You should be happy for that. But the other side thinks that that would be really difficult to do. So um, we didn't get married. We were together five years, um, and it was a lot of ups and downs. And I questioned. We broke up a few times and kind of did our own thing and always ended up just back together. Um, and then when um, I, I had my first child, Brittany, um, before we got married, and that's a whole other story, but um, uh, we decided, I decided when she went into kindergarten that I was committed to him and, well, we might as well get married. Um, they went to, my kids went to a Catholic school and my Catholic mother was, you know, <laughs> beside herself, wanting me to, <laughs> you know, do the right thing prior to my daughter going to school. And, you know, it was, I mean, we were going to get married anyway. It was just the right timing. We actually, um, I just thought of this. We actually, when I found out I was pregnant with her, we um, planned a wedding and we were supposed to get married. And about two weeks, maybe a month before, um, I called it off. Um, and I remember him saying to me, whatever you want, whatever makes you happy, because I thought for sure he would be angry and would probably, that would probably be it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of course my mother was devastated and my father was actually quite happy. Again, a whole nother story. Um, but it was probably a good thing that we didn't get married then because I don't think I would still be with him. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't the right time, you know, it wasn't, it would not have worked out. So five years later, um, like I said, when she entered school, we, we got married and Again, it wasn't easy. There were a lot of ups and downs and struggles, but um, I don't regret it for a second. That's good. That's good. I want to get a little more into detail later about some of those specific struggles because when we say struggles, that can mean so many different things. So we'll get a little more specific. Think about that. Mindy, give us a little bit of your story. Yeah, so uh, Leo and I met through mutual friends who owned a restaurant down on Grand Avenue in Phoenix. I'm a Phoenix native, so, um, and I met, when I met him the first time, I met him with Nathan. So Nathan was just a little kid and he was the same age um, or similar age to our friends who had a son also. And I was very close with our friend's son, and um, you know, the the at the restaurant, the, the son would be there, Ezekiel, and we would hang out, and I, you know, I was probably spent as much time with him as I did just sort of being in the space. And so then when Leo came, and he came with Nathan, that's always how I've known him was really just the two of them. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew him for about a year, and uh, same, I had a sort of one of those moments that was like, you're the one. We were sitting outside, we had known each other, and it just was, I was like, was taking a bite of a sandwich, and it's like, before the bite, he was just this person, and after the bite, he was <laughs> that person. And um, yeah, so, and we've been together ever since, and also have had, you know, challenges, which we certainly can talk about. Um, my stepson lives out of state, primarily, so, um, you know, for the last eight years of my life, 
sometimes it's a little bit like starting over every time that he comes into town. And it's a little bit different now that he's older and obviously our relationship is super close, but um, you know, when they're not here all the time and you can get into a normal routine, it's, it poses its own challenges. So we waited a long time to get married. Like I said, we've only been married just under two years and we really waited until it was something we could do as a family. We wanted it to be an experience for the three of us. It was all of our engagement photos are the three of us. All of our wedding photos are the three of us. And it was a very conscious effort of ours to wait until we were already a family before we got married. That's, that's really nice. I, when Chuck and I got married, we involved our kids very much. In fact, one of my favorite stories when we got married was, so a little, just a little bit of background. I met Chuck and he had two children and I had a baby, like a one-year-old. And so we came together obviously with the full house. And um, when we got married, my, I had my daughter, Danielle, who is now 27. She came, she's gonna be my maid of honor. And so we went dress shopping, my favorite story ever. So we're trying on all these white dresses and all these like cream colored dresses and whatever. And I found a red dress. And she loved the idea of a red dress so much. So both of us wore red dresses. It was, it was such a fun experience. And there were these, I'll never forget, there were these two like older ladies sitting outside the dressing room. And we kept coming out and looking in the mirror, and we had the white ones on, and we were like, oh, it's so pretty. And then we came out in the red dresses, and they were horrified. <laughs> and I'm like, and we were like, that's those are the dresses. <laughs> Nathan was also a part of that whole experience on our wedding day when we did, you know, the reveal or whatever, when they turn around, and there you are. And you're like, oh, they're so pretty. But he was there, too, like kind of off to the side. So we had, you know, a moment, but he was watching, and I could hear him as I was walking up telling Leo, don't turn around, she's coming, Aww. don't look. And it's like, you know, those, those things um, are so sweet. Mm -hmm. That's so one sweet. thing, I do have a regret. I don't have many regrets in life because what is the point, right? right. Things happen that aren't always, but I do regret that when we did get married the second time, the first time we had a wedding plan and the second time we did go to Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, we did not, we only went with a couple of friends, you know, maid of honor, matron, um, uh, best man their, and their spouses, that was about it. And we didn't take the kids, my parents didn't go, my best friend since kindergarten didn't go. I mean, it was a very small, and we had a blast, it was a lot of fun, um, but I do regret not having them part of that special day. You know, we did have a party, you know, when we came back for everybody, but it, it wasn't the same. And so, looking back, I wish that I had thought that through and done it differently, but, um, yeah, so that's right. Well, we can all think, think back yeah. on stuff we wish we would have yeah. done differently. But let's talk about the actual process of the blending, right? Um, I'm, I know that that part, like, and when I mean the actual blending, from your, pro, like, from your perspective, how did that go? From your husband's perspective, mm -hmm. from any, just kind of talk through that a little bit. Oh, sorry. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, I kind of looked at them always as a pair so to me I thought it was going to go great and super simple um, I you know my my mom has been married um, a few times and my dad also and so I had many experiences with um, step parents good and bad and siblings and good about you know I've kind of been through all that so I thought I was very well prepared 
And um, soon after, my husband and I started um, dating and really spending a lot of time together. I had a two-bedroom house, and I turned the second bedroom of the house into a room for Nathan. So even though we weren't living together, and even though um, he wasn't, you know, staying with me full time, I wanted him to feel like he had his own space. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, I'm totally prepared for this. And um, it it didn't go that smoothly. Um, You know, he was his own kid and he had a mom and you know on top of that he was traveling to Arizona so he was you know probably out of his comfort zone and um, you know he didn't have his friends around and he you know it wasn't a short period of time either that he would come because we would have him for all of his breaks from school since he lived out of state so he would come and he would be with us for long periods of time And so, you know, I I learned kind of this cyclical behavior that we had where it was like at first it was kind of the getting to know you phase and then he would get to the this is really fun, she's really here for me phase and Mm -hmm. those would be the best, most fulfilling weeks of my life and we would do so much and then it would get back to the now I've been here for a long time. This yeah, isn't yeah, my yeah. mom. I'm yeah. not comfortable. You know that yeah. kind of a thing. And so, yeah, and so it was really this like cyclical process, and it would happen each time he would come. What an emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. For you know, for years, and then you know, my husband didn't grow up in the same type of environment that I grew up in, where blended families were very normal. He, you know, is from Mexico and a little more probably traditional from a relationship perspective and there weren't divorces and things like that. And so he had a lot of fear, I think, that you know Nathan wouldn't want to come if we didn't have exactly what looks like it should look like. And so I think for him, sometimes it was hard for us to be an integrated family because he was fearful. He was right. afraid he wouldn't come back if he didn't like it, you know? And so, I had that to balance with wanting everything to be going really well and being a good parent, and and it was hard. It was really well, you hard. Have, you just in the few conversations that we've had, you have you had such an open heart about the situation. It wasn't like, oh gosh, how am I gonna manage? It was like I want to embrace this. Yeah. And and I know that sometimes when, from my perspective, if I look at something or a situation, I go, I just want to embrace it. Right. I don't even consider that they wouldn't want to be embraced. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. And that's one of the things that I had to learn quickly. And like you, I don't know why God made me wise about a few things at the beginning of Chuck and my relationship. But he made me wise on a couple of things. First of all, Anita, who I am, Anita is his ex-wife, who I am very good friends with. She gives me all my Brighton. <laughs> Honestly, people go, where'd you get that? Oh, my ex-wife. I mean, my husband's ex-wife. <laughs> I called her my ex-wife too, but yeah. she's, I do all the time. She's this wonderful person. I didn't know that at first, and she didn't know that about me at first. And he gave, and God gave me a wisdom to just tread really lightly, respectfully, be kind, be open, always make her feel secure that she's mom and I'm not, right? And I, I don't know why, I just, I just fell into that right away because of course she had a lot of anxiety. Her two kids, who she adores, was going to come over to some blonde, I was blonde at the time, some blonde chick's house and hang out, right? And so that, but no matter what happened, like you had a, an open heart. I remember saying, I'm gonna love these kids, you know? And I think they're gonna love me because I'm really delightful. And it just doesn't go that way. It's been so many years now, and now my daughter calls me stepmommy, which 
sometimes mm -hmm. I mean, totally melts my heart. Mm -hmm. But there were there were there's trepidation mm -hmm. and there was un unrest and there was I'm not sure about you and mm -hmm. and and it took a long time to come around. And the interesting thing is Chuck had to do it on his end too. Mm -hmm. My son was only one. So David has known him as dad forever and calls him dad. My step to kids call me Angela or stepmommy when Danielle wants something. Hey. Just kidding. <laughs> so, um, so he doesn't know any different, but still, you know what's a weird thing that we, I never considered, and I wonder if you guys had this experience as well. It took, I wanted to love those kids and I wanted them to love me. And Chuck wanted to love David and David wanted to love him, but it took a lot of time to settle into the peaceful family that we have right now. A lot of time. And it wasn't ever bad. It wasn't right. angry. It's just it just takes time to build that relationship. Was that your experience? Well, I think when you said that you have to go into it embracing it. <coughs> if you don't, it's not going oh, yeah. to make it. Done. You have to go in embracing it. You have to go in with an open, loving heart. Yeah. And you have to do your best to learn to um, separate that, to know, recognize that they're not your kids, but that you love them, mm -hmm. um, but that they have a mom or a dad. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. And I think the back and forth, you know, my stepkids were almost four and like eight months old. I remember holding Amber in my lap and she was this cute little chubby baby and holding her in my lap, driving to Sedona one day thinking, I was 20, I, thought, I mean, thinking, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? I didn't have my own kids. I, I really, I, it wasn't planned. It wasn't mm -hmm. planned at all. But um, I think without a loving, open heart, embracing it, it I don't think you, it, it can last long term. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't ever last, but I think it's even more difficult. And it's already difficult enough. So I, I really, I wasn't prepared for it at all. And again, they were small. And I think the hardest part you touched on was the back and forth. I think if they had lived with, you know, I think sometimes when there's not another parent involved and they just live with you and you right. raise them, it's right. probably much, e it's difficult in a way because you have them full time, but it's much easier because the back and forth is really hard. You know, we had, I had my rules, I had my way that I was raised, my way, my beliefs, right. their mom had her ways, my husband didn't have the best of childhood and so he really didn't have an idea of what a family should look like. Mm -hmm. And I came from a very good, not perfect, but very good, solid, um, religious, um, you know, my parents stayed together till the day they died. They didn't like each other a lot, twist, you know, <laughs> but they stuck it out and they stayed together. So I had that traditional, and then here I am, 20 years old, you know, dating this really nice looking older man with two children who like to golf and probably drink too much at that time. And my dad was mortified. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a college student, I'm supposed to marry a doctor or a lawyer not somebody who's divorced with two small children. And so that was really difficult because my family initially did not embrace it. Um, and so um, I, I would go to family dinners and Thanksgiving and Christmas without Cliff, and then I would meet up with him later on. The first five years, it was really difficult. Um, and then once I had my daughter, you know, obviously, yeah. then, then, that, then everything changes once you have a grandchild. So, and then they got to know him and realized he was a really awesome man and, of course, grew to love him. But um, I think we that was the biggest challenge. We didn't even really talk about that, like the, the extended, extended family yeah. experience. I had the opposite experience. I always joke that my, my parents love my husband way more than they like me. And it's just a testament, I think, to my husband's character. But from day one, my parents have been so accepting of my husband and of my husband's son. And I have felt a greater motivation to have a relationship with my parents so that my stepson has a family to come to. That has been a huge 
motivator for me that I can take them over and they feel like they have family and so my experience in that part it's that's I, awesome I so think for me it was my age honestly I was 20 in college they just had different expectations. It, was, it was just such a different plan than maybe what we all had and you know anticipated so sure. I think it, that was really more of it than anything. Um, my and they just is didn't... happy to have grandkids. Right, yeah. <laughs> sure. Finally. <laughs> so let's talk specifically about some struggles. Um, I don't care where you start, like just let's get really into a real struggle that came from your experience as a blended family. I think, I don't think it ends. I mean, I think, you know, people will say, oh, when your kids turn 18 and they move on and, you know, life is great and it's, let's have, you know, let's enjoy life and travel. I think it's, 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 it's continual, at least for me. And especially with so many moving parts, you know, I have my two step kids and then my two kids and, and then Samantha and a few other kids I've taken in along the way. I think, um, it's hard to juggle it all. It's hard to be there for all of them individually when they need you. And I think also for like in my husband's, um, situation, he, I think, he always wanted to, to do more because he felt guilty. You know, they were so young when they divorced, and so he would overcompensate with things. And I would be the person going, oh, "No, well, that's not how we love. That's not what we do. We don't reward that behavior just because you feel bad. They have, they're going home, and you're not with them all the time." And so that was a big struggle for us throughout our relationship into adult life with my with my with our kids is that we didn't always agree on how to discipline them how to raise them um, how to handle um, its situations and you know high school is tough my you know my stepkids when they were in high school it's interesting my stepson God, they're gonna watch this I love you very much my stepson was like perfect in high school my stepdaughter was quite the challenge and I mean <laughs> very challenging and then as they became adults kind of flipped and my stepson um, got involved in um, he became an addict and um, as an adult child you know it's like I thought this was over with mm -hmm. and so my husband always felt guilty and felt like he had to enable him he was his biggest enabler and and so for many years the rest of the family just kind of had to watch and I could we could say things but he wouldn't listen to us and so he would just continue to enable we knew that wasn't the right way the right message and we knew that that wasn't going to help my son um, but we couldn't convince his father of that because I think he was still making up for leaving when he was four you know Amber was very little she was just a baby and so I don't think Cliff had as much guilt in some ways because you know she was little and that's all she knew whereas Ben knew that mom and dad lived together in a home and then all of a sudden they don't and all of a sudden now there's this new person and it was really I think it was difficult yeah for my sure. husband to kind of learn how to set those boundaries so um, so I mean in, into our I think into our adult life it even got more difficult in many ways because of those challenges um, you know when they start having kids and then their mom passed away um, pretty young and so then now all of a sudden I'm yeah. and then my husband passed away a couple of years ago so now all of a sudden I'm mom stepmom work mom grandma to all these grandkids that I just I love mm -hmm. so much and there's just not enough time to really give them the individual attention and love that they need when you're working. Like the point of this is blended families and, and juggling work right. and business. So right. you have all these moving parts, plus you're trying to support yourself, pay your bills, help your kids get through college, and it, it's it's just a lot to be everything for everyone. And all you can do is you know pray a lot and hope that God blesses you with the coping skills to get through life, and that's what you do one day at a time, right? That's right. Yeah. What about you? What could you share with us? Um. So specific challenges, I mean, I think the the hardest part for me is just 
Um, remembering that this is a journey that I'm on with my husband. And I know that that sounds weird, but it's, I feel such a sense of responsibility to Nathan. And I feel like, you know, I might not know what my impact is today, but that I hope that he sees an impact from me somewhere down the line in the future. And I think sometimes the weight of that responsibility and the focus of that responsibility, I forget that I'm not trying to parent, you know, a stranger's child. Like, this is my husband's child. And um, it's a journey that we have to go at together. And, you know, what you said about not always parenting the same way. And I think that's probably just a great thing for people to hear today because I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges of being a step parent is that you're you're coming in at a child's life in a point however long in that they had two parents that created them and gave them sort of a foundation for the world and then you want to provide an additional influence and how do you do that with respect to all of those other pieces and I think that's you know probably one of the hardest challenges that that people have and certainly that I've had. I'll, I'll tell you something that's that's that I've experienced that's really unique and I think this will bless somebody. So I was married and divorced right then I met Chuck and we had um, we had three between us and we had another. Now my son David who's mine would go visit his dad and although my relationship with Anita is fantastic and close and, and very strong not so much with my ex-husband, right? But he, my ex-husband married a woman named Nicole St Nicole Stevens, and she is a very dear friend of mine. And I, she's a gift from God. If you're watching, you're a gift from God mm -hmm. because I never would have felt comfortable with David continually being out of my sight and over there if it weren't for her. Mm -hmm. And she ended up being his second mother. Um, and to this day, my son is almost 19. They spend time together. They seek each other out and spend time together. And I think, wow, you know, we're not supposed to divorce and things aren't, aren't supposed to be like they are here. But God provides these little blessings. And so I had a sense of peace. And I know that it's also true that Anita, once she got to know me, had a sense of peace about a situation that's not perfect. It's probably not what we would have thought we would have chosen, but to have that, and so it's so funny because now Nikki is not married to my ex anymore, and I got blamed for that divorce, by the way. <laughs> How does that work? And, but she's still in my life. She's here, she's an agent here. She's successful. I got to share life with these two women I never would have known, right? So there are so many blessings. Despite the hard parts, despite the, um, how long it takes for a blended family to bond if they do it all, because some right. don't, right. you know. Despite if the siblings get along, you have to look for the bright moments, the, the parts that bless you regardless of the other circumstances. And so I thank God for these two women, and it was because of the sin of divorce, right? I think it's just, I think there can be so much sweetness in a blended family. I. I had a, a really big anxiety because my son David didn't really get along with Danielle and Charles. I mean, they didn't like him. You know, he was a pain in the ass, really, when he was little. But they didn't really like him. And I was so worried that forever they would never have a closeness. But guess what? If you're having trouble with siblings that are bond, not bonding, 
my son David and Charles hang out now. Danielle loves David and they talk. I mean, the closeness came. I feel blessed for that. But sometimes you just have to have patience and you just have to have uh, faith and grace and mercy and just be long suffering through the bumps because there's sweetness on the other side a lot of times. Well, and love. I mean, the root of it all is you have to deeply love that person. And if you love that person, then you love their children. And if you love their children, then, you know, it can work out. So you have to love them. You have to be committed. Um, but I think, I think too, for you, just because you're, your stepson is still younger and for anybody I, I look at it and I there's I have so much there's we all have a purpose in life and I feel like we were meant to be it was meant to happen and all the things the good the, the bad the ugly that happened made me who I am today and I'm so grateful for my life and my stepkids now like we've had a lot of ups and downs but we are so close I they love me they they realize now I think that I wasn't the evil stepmom. Uh -huh. You know that sometimes they thought I was the evil stepmom. They realize now that you know they had a pretty good life, and that it was because of all of us working together. Their mom, myself, my husband, our, you know, our villain, our kids. There was a lot of jealousy. I mean, there were a yeah. lot of things to work through. But you know, at the end of the day, we made it. They were and those kids would have been orphaned right now, for sure. On all they've got, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I and I'm grateful for that. And they they give me back so much more now that I could have ever ever imagined. So the ugly days, and there are many with, I think with any family, it doesn't sure, even have to be a blended family. It's difficult to, to be in this life, to wake up every day and choose happy, find your joy and, and you know, be a family and get through the bumps and then add the other moving parts of the extended family and then you have kids together. And it, there are a lot of dynamics to, to work through, but when you have love and you're committed, I mean, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that one of the pieces of advice that that I'm glad, I know that you guys have talked a little bit about different parenting styles. I, again, I don't know where the wisdom came, but my husband and I agreed um, wholeheartedly that we would have each other's back. Mm -hmm. If he made a declaration of something to the kids, if I didn't agree, I would agree, in, I would disagree in private, right? And we would disagree in private, we'd work it out, and then we would make an agreement of how, no, did we get that perfect all the time? No. Right. No, but it was a strong enough commitment that the kids immediately or very quickly thought of us as a united front, mm -hmm. as a united front that um, that we were on, we had each other's back mm -hmm. over their back, right? In That's situations really concerning the kids, that was a huge deal. It was that was not easy because we were still learning about each other, right? right? And but now it's like breathing. You know, well, don't that's the best way to be. I mean, if you all get along and you all work together, I didn't have that. We battled a lot about, and, and we didn't have that because we, I think all three of us have different ways of thinking about it. And so when you're every other weekend or, you know, at that other, and then you've got two people now, uh, your dad and your stepmom who don't really agree, and then you go home to your mom who's a totally different way of raising you, mm -hmm. then you have three different mixed messages. Mm -hmm. And it's very, um, it's complicated. It's sure. very um, it's scary for little kids. Like, mm -hmm. what do I do now? Oh, I'm at this. I'm at this house now, mm -hmm. and oh, I have these rules to follow. And especially when they become teenagers, you know, I mean, I I, I have rules. Like, you're, you when when your dad tells you to be home at a certain time, you're home at a certain time, or you don't go out the next day. Mm -hmm. And I and I believe you have to be committed to those and follow through. And there has to be consequences. And so, but not everybody believes that way. Right. And it's difficult when they're teenagers because you know they want to do what they want to do and. So I think um, once you get past the teenage years, 
and then it gets better. So, so let's talk about some really sweet moments to encourage you guys. Because I love Mindy's story of her sweet moment. Will you share that with us? I do. And actually, in thinking about that one, I came up with another one. So probably oh, good. Have to give it was two. Because it, you know, it's been kind of a heavy conversation, as I think we're trying to share for people who are going through this that it's okay and it's normal and it's common. But there are some really gratifying moments and you know for me the, the the one that I you know thought of initially was um, so I, I have this habit of um, making my husband and my son listen to like really annoying songs that I saw so like latch on to a really popular pop song it's out of the type of music that I typically listen to but it's just one of those things that you know it's like catchy so then you want it to listen to it and it annoys my husband because it's not his kind of music and it annoys my stepson because he hears it all the time at school so um like a Justin Bieber song oh, I was just say just <laughs> love yourself and you know so it's like one of those songs that just for whatever reason I couldn't like get rid of it so we were driving and so I, I you know put it on the Spotify and make it play and I turn it up super loud and I'm singing, I'm being really animated and all of a sudden my, my Nathan, my stepson kind of leans up, you know, he's in the back seat and he grabs my husband's shoulder and he says, Dad, look what you got us into. <laughs> and then I just start bawling because to me it was like the ultimate like Inclusion. Right, right. Inclusion. I had my own family, you know, mm -hmm. he, everything I had come from and everything that I had tried to be, like, those three people in the car, including myself, like, that was my family, that was my family unit, you know, and so him saying that was, and then the other one is, um, well, before you tell the other, yeah. what I love about that story is when a child, now we all have seen the sarcasm that's biting, but when a child uses sarcasm in a joking way it's so it it's love that was loving mm -hmm. that was like yeah you, you're with us i'm with you i mean right. that when you first told me that i did have a little tear <laughs> it's not coming out right now but i did have one because that is just so true that when you finally feel like there's that acceptance it just feels sweet yeah it, really it was does. just very intimate like there was it's something that you wouldn't say or joke or whatever with someone that you didn't feel a real connection to. And I think it was just the words that he chose, not dad, look what you got into, or dad, look what you made me get into, but it was dad, look what you got us into. Like it's the acceptance of the fact that they are a pair and that together that pair has joined with me to create, yeah. you know, family. Awesome. It was the timing. Yeah, the whole thing. The I was, you know, just a balling mess. All right, tell us your second one. Now, the other, I don't know this one. <laughs> the other one is that, um, so Nathan talks a lot about wanting us to have more kids. And so even the first time he brought that up was I wasn't prepared for that. I, um... I didn't know that he was thinking about those kinds of things or that he would think about those kinds of things and so I, I really wasn't prepared for it at all and you know since then we've had some conversations about you know will we have kids and you know can we do that and and uh, but one time I found him in in the front porch and he was sitting on a chair and I'm like what are you doing out here and he goes this is where my dad and I are gonna sit when she comes home from a date and he goes with a shotgun. <laughs> and it was again just that that thing that's like he's thinking about us in like the future. The future. So and cool. he's thinking about if he has a, a you know a little sister which he doesn't have yet, 
what that, and he has this instinct towards her who he hasn't met yet, right? And it's like, those are the kinds of things that you can't, that you can't create. Mm -hmm. And that's just like they talk about culture, it takes time in an organization to develop. That's something that just takes time. Mm -hmm. And so to be at a place in my relationship and in my marriage and in my life that those are the kinds of things that I'm talking about in regards to my family. It's, I mean, I, it's a, I can't describe how you actually brought something up that I think that we needed to say, because just like the kids need time to come to those kinds Mm -hmm. of stories, right? So do we as parents, Mm -hmm. right? So my husband and I are very transparent with each other and it took a, for my husband, it took a really long time for him to even really like David, you know? And so there was this, and we were just, we were honest about our feelings about each other's kids and, and, and situations. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes it was really hard. And I thought to myself, gosh, well, David, because I wanted David and Chuck to be very close because I want his influence on David's life, right? And so some, there were some times where I thought, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it, it is. I mean, they are so close. They joke together. Just for me to watch them joke together and to spend time together, and for my son to come to him for advice. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that happens so often now, but I can remember when that first started happening, I thought, oh my gosh, my heart's going to jump out of my chest. It's all directions. You've got to be patient in all directions. Even my love for... Danielle and Charles, it took time, you know, even though I was willing and open-hearted. And now, I mean, okay, I'll tell you another story. One time I went upstairs, this was years ago, Danielle, you probably don't even know this, but you're gonna know now. (laughs) She was on the phone with her, she was in high school, and she was on the phone, and I think it was around her birthday or something, and I was trying to be involved in planning something with her, and I remember I went upstairs and we were talking for a minute, I went downstairs, and I thought of something, I went back upstairs, she was on the phone with her friend, complaining about how I won't keep my nose out of her business, mm-hmm. right? And I was devastated. I remember went downstairs and I, <laughs> I remember days like that. Yeah, and yeah. those days happen and they're normal mm-hmm. and they're natural and the thoughts you have toward each other are normal and natural and it's okay to have those kinds of situations because now she she just had a baby who is probably the love of my life as a little, little baby. She just comes by and brings the baby and we spend time together and she thinks of me and she thinks of my feelings and I think that's what time can do, and patience and love, right? right? It's sweet, it's sweet. Yeah, don't be discouraged. When right. you, I think that you said something really important is, you know, you, you can love lots of people, not just your kids, but you can love them, and you always love them, but you don't always like them. Mm. I mean, you don't have to like somebody, and you have to love them. You never lose the love, but there are times in life where you just don't like them, and you have reason not to like them, perhaps. Right. And, and the same for me, I'm sure, you know, there are times when people don't like me, they love me, but they don't like me, so I think that's important. But um, I remember a lot of really awesome times when my kids were younger, but, and I hadn't even thought about this question until you started talking about it, but I think more in their adult life, one thing comes back to me with my, my stepdaughter when she got married um, to Chris. Um, their wedding was in Sedona, and my grandson, Keevan, was six months old. He was very little. He might have been eight months old at the time. And so we were all up there, you know, with their mom and you know, all of our kids and uh, some friends, and I remember Chris's mother-in-law who is actually an agent her name is Evelyn I remember her coming up to me at the reception and 
grabbing onto me and going, wow, you're really good at this. How do you do this? And I go, I go, really good at what? And she goes, you're really good at knowing when to be there, when not to be there, when to help, when not to help, meaning with their mom. Mm-hmm. You know, being respectful oh, yes. of her and being respectful of, do you need me to hold? Well, okay, maybe it's not my time to hold because, you know, grandbabies change everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that you love your grandbabies. But she said that to me, and I had this moment of clarity, and I was so proud because mm-hmm. I thought, well, I don't do this well. This is just what I, this is just, I didn't think I was doing anything. It's just what I learned learned to be. Along the way. Now, along yeah. the way, I learned when it was appropriate or you know, respectful for me to be involved or not be involved or speak up or not speak up. And you just learn that mm-hmm. every day and you make a lot of mistakes along the way. As long as you keep your heart sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get your yeah. back up. You can't get you can't get your ego in the way. No, absolutely you can't not. think more of yourself than you are. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a humility in a blended family, mm-hmm. it's going to be really, really hard. There's no more being selfish. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot have a selfish heart. You have to try to, we're always we can all be selfish at times, but you have to think about what's best for that person, and especially for kids. When kids are involved, it's not about the mom, the dad, the ex. It's about the kids and what is best for them. And it's hard because sometimes it's not what's best for you at the time, and it's you know it's not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, now that they're adults and they love me and they respect me, and I know they look back to like when they were younger and and think, wow, she really was awesome, and she really did do that for me, and she really wasn't the evil stepmom that we maybe thought she, you know she was at that point in time. And th- for me, that has been awesome, you know, to know that sure. I didn't do everything right. I am not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes, but. They know as adults now that, you know, I loved them. I will say one more thing that's just on my heart um, that somebody maybe needs to hear. This is not just you get married to another person and they have kids already. Blended families happen for all kinds of reasons, Mm -hmm. right? So the other thing that I wanted to mention is we, my husband and I got through all this time and then we adopted two kids. And that, that again brought a new dynamic of blending. We're only four, four years and some into it. Mm-hmm. And it's now we're, I feel like I'm wiser now because of the experience with the other kids in some ways, but that blending happens over and over in your life in many different ways, through adoption, through marriage, through maybe just a, a friend of yours who has a child that you're coming alongside them and helping them. So don't, to, don't um, be too specific on what blending is. I'd rather you overgeneralize it and, and think about these principles, you know, think about these principles when you're trying to navigate through many different kinds of blending. We're going a lot longer than we normally do because this is really interesting. These chicks are really interesting. Okay, but I think there are a couple of questions. See if we can just get at least one or so mm-hmm. in. Um, I'm long-winded, I've been told. <laughs> Let's see. It's really personal. It's hard yeah, to it sort is. of put it so in a box. Uh, okay, do you have any advice for step-parents when a situation arises where they have to have a difficult emotional conversation with their stepchildren? Think it through. I mean, it's so, I, if, I, if I think back to the many conversations and times, um, you know, sometimes you just you say things without thinking it through, and I think we I still do that. You know, I'm, I because I'm passionate and, and I care, and sometimes I say things before thinking about how my intentions are always good, but how will that person perceive what I'm saying? And so, take a step back, take take a deep breath, go into another room, and think about it before you say it, because your words can never, you can never take back your words. You sure. can't you can't take back your actions or your words. So. You know, try not to have regret and think things through before you speak them. 
I think for me, I probably had more conversations with Nathan this past summer when he was with us that were kind of on that emotional level than probably I'd ever had. And that's probably just a product of his age, but also the, our time together and the development of our relationship. And um, for me, it was really important that I did those conversations one-on-one. -on -one. I think as a, as a blended family, by default, you're managing a lot of expectations. There's you know, what your husband thinks about what you're saying, what your child thinks about what you're saying, what your child thinks their parent thinks about what you're saying. <laughs> yes. right? I mean, I think there's a lot happening in any conversation when you're in a blended family. And so for me, it was really important to have those kinds of conversations one-on-one, -on -one. not that it wasn't anything that my husband didn't know that I felt or would say, but that allowed us to sort of take away some of the noise around is it okay what I'm saying how I'm saying it who it's affecting and we could just have a really straight conversation and we did that a couple of times out to dinner and it would just be the two of us at the table and I think it allowed him to feel really comfortable talking and knowing that he didn't have to worry about how it sounded what he was saying and um, we were just really able to connect in that way so I would just say you know be aware that blended families cause you know those diagrams where the arrows are going in a bunch of different directions so if you can kind of skim down the noise a little bit before having those conversations maybe there will be deeper it's wise that um that you allow like when you're talking to nathan for example your stepchildren to allow space for them to respond yeah. you know they're not always going to but just giving the opportunity saying i care what you think about what i'm saying right right or even going being so overt as to say I care about you. This is a conversation. I want to have a conversation with you that's a little hard, that's right. but this has nothing to do with the way I love you. That's right. Sometimes just that overt statement really helps too. And I'll tell you another thing. This I don't know who this would apply to, but at first, before my relationship developed with Charles and Danielle, or his relationship developed with David, we would, my husband and I would have the conversation, and and then we would agree to have the conversation. And sometimes I would just, a lot of times, I would let if it was with Danielle and Charles let Chuck take the lead on the conversation. Mm -hmm. I was there, so they knew that we, were, that we were a united front. And maybe I had something to say, but I let him take the lead, because that's their dad. Or he let me take the lead, until we had a relationship that was secure enough that I could sit down and say, I wanna have a conversation with you, and it's comfortable, yeah. and they can, they can receive it from me. And the benefit for you guys, even though I feel like it was probably twice the challenge, right? But each of you, we're able to come into the relationship feeling both sides of the coin, right? Mm -hmm. So when I think of like my relationship with my husband is you're talking, I'm trying to, you know, be a better person through your words and through your sharing. I think he only knows how he really feels and I only know how I really feel because I'm the step parent and he's the biological parent, right? In your situation, I feel like you both were the biological parent and you both were a step parent. And so even if though, if you resolved those issues in different ways from each other, you both got to feel both in your sides. own way it's both more sides. For sure. It's more complicated for sure. But the it communication, to, right. that was the biggest thing. You have to talk about these things with your children. If you don't, if you clam up, like you, some, you, some, you told me you tend to clam up in certain situations, it, it just doesn't help. And I would, I could talk to these women for a long time because this is such. I'm sure we didn't get to your questions. I apologize for that. Um, but you could probably ask all of us. I think you have to prioritize <laughs> and pick your battles too. Prioritize and pick your battles because life is short. 
Don't focus on the silly. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, pick, pick the battles mm -hmm. and choose the things that are really important to have those serious conversations with, and let the rest just work themselves out because they will. They right? will. They mm -hmm. will. So I know I'm speaking for myself. I think I can speak for both of you, ladies. That if anyone had a personal question or, or more, they. You wanted to talk with us about any of this. We're really super transparent about yeah. everything, totally. and you can feel free to um, connect with us. So I want to give one more thank you to Diane and April. Without you guys, you. I, I really appreciate Mortgage Advantage. Thank Thanks you for so being sponsors, and we will see you next week.